Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, arch-conservative U.S. Senator Ted Cruz and Democratic Socialist U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez both criticized the National Basketball Association for cracking down on statements of support for protesters in Hong Kong. Planned Parenthood announces a $45 million political effort for the 2020 elections, and the feds dig into possible corruption in the United Auto Workers building a vacation cabin for its former president, as former UAW communications officers call on the union's executives to resign. He is an arch-conservative Tea Party stalwart from Texas. She is a democratic socialist from the Bronx. And the National Basketball Association has brought them together in fury. A number of members of Congress, most prominently Senator Ted Cruz and U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, sent a letter to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver condemning the league for refusing to defend Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey, who had made a public statement supporting pro-democracy, or at least anti-Chinese Communist Party, demonstrations in China's semi-autonomous territory of Hong Kong. Meanwhile, the NBA's normally very politically interested coaches and players have gone strangely quiet, and Securities is allegedly asking Americans at basketball games to leave for expressing anti-Chinese Communist Party sentiments or criticizing the People's Republic's human rights record. So what's going on? We have to start in the late 19th century with empire, not basketball. After seizing Hong Kong from Imperial China after the Opium Wars, Great Britain settled the dispute by leasing Hong Kong from China for 99 years, when the Victorian diplomats would be long past having to deal with the bill. But the bill came due in 1997, and Britain, no longer an empire, had to cede sovereignty over the now fantastically wealthy city-state to now-communist China. But Britain and the People's Republic agreed to a Sino-British Joint Declaration, securing Hong Kong's autonomy and British-based legal system until 2047. So everything is fine, except it isn't. Earlier this year, the Communist Party-backed Premier of Hong Kong proposed a bill that would infringe on Hong Kong's special legal status, known as One China, Two Systems, about two decades early, by allowing extradition to the mainland, beyond the protections of political expression and due process promised in the Sino-British Joint Declaration. That led literally millions of Hong Kongers to take to the streets in protest in defense of their autonomy and for expanded individual rights. The demonstrations continue. Rockets GM Daryl Morey, like many Americans, expressed sympathy for the Hong Kongers on Twitter. That irritated the People's Republic of China government, which banned the Rockets from Chinese television and internet streaming, a major hit to the team's revenue. Thanks to the Rockets having selected China's greatest ever basketball player, Yao Ming, in 2002, the team has a large market share in the country. That led the Rockets' owner, chain restaurant owner and Ted Cruz donor, Tillman Fertitta, to rebuke Mori and distance the Rockets' organization from the comments. That rebuke and mealy-mouth statements from the NBA, which normally does not hesitate to involve itself in democratic political disputes within America, drew condemnation from just about every side of American politics. In addition to incongruous signers of the Cruz AOC letter, included hawkish Republican Senator Tom Cotton, and civil libertarian dove, Democratic Senator Ron Wyden. Combine the NBA's People's Republic of China problem with other woke corporate pandering to the Chinese Communist Party, Apple took down applications which had been used by Hong Kong protesters and blocked the emoji showing the flag of the Republic of China, Taiwan, in the city-state, video game company Blizzard Entertainment stripped a professional video gamer of prize money after the player spoke in favor of the protests, and Disney-owned sports network ESPN depicted a map of China showing the communist claims to contested seas, known as the Nine-Dash Line, claims ruled illegal by the International Permanent Court of Arbitration, while circulating a memo to staff 
mandating that any discussion of the NBA controversy, quote, avoid any political discussions about China and Hong Kong and instead focus on the related basketball issues. And the result has been furious criticism of the Chinese government and the price it extracts from businesses that operate there. And that price seems to be rising. At NBA preseason games in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., security reportedly ordered that signs supporting a free Hong Kong or encouraging people to Google the Uyghurs, an ethno-religious minority group in western China, where the NBA runs the NBA Academy Xinjiang, targeted for severe human rights abuses and possible genocide by the Chinese Communist Party, be put down, or the holders leave the arenas. At the very least, it appears that American woke capitalists are carrying out the diktats of a foreign authoritarian regime. A very bad look and an awful development for human freedom. Proving once again that America's largest abortion provider network does a bit more than just provide health care services, Planned Parenthood has announced a $45 million campaign to unseat President Donald Trump and secure control of the Senate for the Democratic Party. The campaign will target Senate battlegrounds in Arizona, Colorado, and North Carolina, while the presidential swing states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Florida will also see intervention from Planned Parenthood super PACs. The announcement comes after a Trump administration decision to restrict Title X federal family planning funding for groups that refer for abortions. Planned Parenthood withdrew from the federal funding rather than comply with the changes, giving up about $60 million in taxpayer funds. We discussed that decision on episode 86 of this podcast. And while $45 million in political expenditure is nothing to shake a stick at, the Planned Parenthood network has plenty of resources to draw on. The National Planned Parenthood Federation of America spent $218 million on its programs in 2016. And that doesn't include candidate advocacy, because Planned Parenthood Federation of America is a 501c3 charity that does not involve itself in elections. The Planned Parenthood Action Fund, Planned Parenthood's lobbying arm which may intervene in elections, spent $24 million that year. And PPFA and the Action Fund only scratched the surface. Explicitly political Planned Parenthood votes committees, state-level and regional affiliates, and other network groups add millions more. And standing behind them all is the fortune of the world's third richest man. Warren Buffett is the founder and key funder of the Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation, the single largest non-government funder of so-called reproductive health and family planning in the world, by some estimates. As of 2012, the foundation had provided a total of $300 million to Planned Parenthood and its affiliates. And in our final item today, the Detroit News reports another development in the ongoing story of the wide-ranging federal investigation into corruption in the United Auto Workers Labor Union. The News had reported last year that the UAW had used non-union labor to build a vacation cabin for former union president Dennis Williams at the union's Black Lake, Walter, and May Reuther UAW Family Education Center. Well, it turns out that this commentator's contention that that was a problem more of the bad optics variety, not the I'm-not-talking-without-a-lawyer-present sort of scandal— may have been premature. The Detroit News reports that federal investigators are attempting to determine whether kickbacks from car makers funded the project in violation of federal law. Let this be a lesson to me. Never assume a union scandal can't get worse. The news describes the question being investigated thusly. The union isn't allowed to use money from the joint union management training centers that have been exposed as dens of corruption in recent years on perks for union's officers, like Williams's cabin. The union is allowed to use training center funds for renovations that benefit union members, and a news source described the UAW officials who sought to succeed Williams as trying to get training center money for renovations at Black Lake. Now, if the ambitious officers misrepresented the purpose of the training center expenses at Black Lake, that would be a problem, a problem that could involve federal law enforcement. 
How bad are the corruption allegations and the corruption that has already been proven or admitted in court against the UAW's top brass? Earlier this week, two former directors of the UAW's PR department wrote in the Gannett newspapers, including the Detroit Free Press and USA Today, quote, The members of the union's international executive board should resign. All of them. Senior staff assisting officers and board members are themselves. See no evil, hear no evil enablers. They, too, should resign. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.